This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Stacey West podcast. I am your host, Gary, and with me this week is nobody. Um, that's because this is a Sunday special. Uh, we're, we're doing... Um, we're, we're, we're trialing some new things for next year. Um, we're going to present to you potentially uh, a new member of staff today. We've, we've given somebody a trial doing the previews. So he's previewing MK Dons with um, the Dons fan, John Harris, who's a brilliant guy, really, uh, really well informed. Uh, and so I thought I'd pad it out and make it into a, <clears throat> a bit of a Sunday podcast, um, given that sometimes when we play two games in a week, we gloss over the Saturday game. And so potentially going forward into the new year, we will have a look at doing, or the new season, sorry, we'll have a look at doing um, a Sunday podcast. But we'll see what you think. We'll see if it gets listened to um, or give us any feedback, any feedback on uh, on, on Charlie. It's Charlie Beeston, who's joined us um, as, a, as a guest to interview John this week. Um, any feedback on that as well would be appreciated. Um, so we're, we're always interested in changing things up at the Stacey West. As you know, Jake is leaving us at the end of the season and to go and, and pursue other avenues within the wider League One spectrum. Um, so we are looking for somebody to do the previews and hopefully uh, we'll see how Charlie's got on. Well, I know how Charlie's got on because we've just recorded it, but we'll see what you think um, of it as well. Um, but I thought we'd just talk a little bit as well about yesterday, about Forest Green Rovers, um, Lincoln City extending their unbeaten run to seven games, I think now. Um, but within that seven games, of course, there are draws against MK Dons, against Cambridge, against Derby, against Portsmouth, and now against Forest Green, 3 0 nils, 2 1 1s. Um, the, the win against Accrington Stanley, 3 3 0 being the anomaly. It's the only over 2.5 goals. And for anybody who likes their betting apps, um, you know full well that's one of the 
uh, one of the, the, the fundamentals of betting, isn't it? You can go on a 2.5 goals over or under. Well, we are absolutely not an over at all. Um, but it's interesting when you listen to John a little bit later, there's potential, I think, for goals on Tuesday night. But we shall see. There were not that many goals on Saturday, one for each team, um, all contributed by people that we've seen in Lincoln City shirts this season. Obviously, our opening goal um, was a stunner. It, it was a belter. Now, I wasn't at the game. Um, so on Sunday morning, I tend to get up, log on to Scout, watch a game back if I haven't been there, um, rather than just the highlights and, and kind of get an overview before I write it. I had seen Ben House's goal. What a quality goal that is. Look, Ben House is a player who we signed a year ago. He didn't really get much action going into the second part of last season. I think he burst onto the scene in a micro, not, not Michael Richards burst onto the scene, uh, but burst onto the Lincoln City scene with a performance against Portsmouth away, where I think we lost to Danny Cowley's Portsmouth, if I remember correctly. But House came on, he looked really good. Um, soft feet was, I think, what he was, what he was labelled as having. Um, didn't look particularly soft yesterday when he rifled that ball through, but it was a precision goal. I mean, it's a great ball from Regan Paul, a player. I think we're all resigned to losing in the, the summer and nobody's going to be able to begrudge Regan that. Um, I think he's been outstanding during his stint at Lincoln City. Uh, but he delivered a phenomenal ball into the box, the sort of ball that we, we want to see more of because Benhouse made the perfect run. He's got in front of his defender um, and he's just... You say he's just guided the ball in. I mean, that... That makes it sound like it's a really simple finish and it's not a really simple finish. He showed, for me, um, top flight academy technique. And, and that's, you know, that's where Ben's been. He's been um, kind of, you know, he's come through an academy, he's represented Scotland, I think, under 21 level. The fact that we got him from Eastleigh is neither here nor there. Um, you know, he went into non-league to come back out again. He's a couple of years ahead in, uh, development-wise than Charlie Kendall. Um, and I think probably Charlie Kendall got a lot of the, um, a lot of the goodwill over the summer because he'd gone to East, back to Eastbourne and scored loads of goals. Ben House just snuck in under the radar. Remember when the season kicked off, we were talking about Ben House. Is he an attacking midfielder? Is he a striker? I labelled him as an attacking midfielder. Um, Mark Kennedy yesterday labelled him as one of the best strikers in this division. In terms of finishing, that finish was as good as anybody will do. It's not as prolific as some of the top strikers in this division. Uh, but in terms of all-round game, He's a very, very strong footballer indeed. And I think he's somebody that we might struggle to, to hang on to over the course of the summer if he continues in this sort of form. After the goal, do you know what? I really genuinely believe that we were going to go on and win by quite a few goals. And I think had Midi Shadipo hit the target instead of putting the ball over um, midway through the, the first half, we'd probably go on and win 3-0. We probably are a, a bet buster at the time, but look, anybody betting on Lincoln City to win these days and not on Lincoln City to draw is is um, is in the wrong because you know, we're always red hot to draw football matches at the moment. I didn't feel that coming into half time. I thought we'd had control in and out of possession. Um, I thought that we'd looked, uh, we'd, we'd sounded very good. And, and watching back, I think that that was a, a you know the correct view. Um, I just didn't think we were in any danger. And I thought Forest Green looked poor, which delighted me because I don't like Forest Green. I'm a bit torn because I like Duncan Ferguson, um, but I absolutely despise Forest Green. I was pulled up by somebody yesterday on social media for saying I hated them, saying hate's a strong word. Is it really? Uh, I hate Forest Green. I do. I think that they, everything that they stand for is falsified. I think when you look into, you scratch away at their history, I think that they tend to be a little bit 
arrogant and they're a team that um, artificially inflate wages uh, and and I just yeah I, I just can't stand them the little club on the hill they, they paint themselves as everything brilliant and they're they're really not um they got a close-up of Ethan around yesterday didn't they who they wanted to sign they had a bid accepted for him but he didn't want to go there fair play to him the player that did go there um was Dylan McGeeck I thought when he came on things changed a little bit and it just it underlines what I've been saying over the past few weeks about how important a central midfielder is to get to, to, to steady a team down. And if you're a team who's in the bottom four, you've got to look at getting your central midfield sorted. And sometimes people think, well, the defence, because you stop goals and the attack, because you score goals. But for me, everything's created in that central midfield. You've got a good pair of central midfield pairing or a good set of good central control in the middle of the park. You'll protect your defence. Um, or you'll create for your centre forwards. And I think that we're slowly moving towards having a really good central midfield. But when Dylan McGeer came on yesterday, I think that's his name. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. I thought that he, he he swung the tide of the game a little bit. Not so that I thought that they massively outplayed us in the second half. They had a better second half, that's granted. Um, but do you know what? They, they actually... They weren't that special even in the second half. And I think that's probably what's a little bit frustrating is that a lot of the feedback or a lot of the, the kind of um, analysis is, well, Lincoln were good in the first half, Forest Green were good in the second half. And to, to a degree, it's not entirely true. They scored in the second half, but um, six shots, four on target for them, six shots, two on target for us in the second half. XG was 0 0.49 for them and 0 0.5 for us. There was barely anything in it. We actually had more possession in the second half, 50% possession compared to their 49%. So they looked to hold on to the ball a little less. They looked to go forward a little more. We ended up with the ball a little more. Um, conditions obviously were against us in, in the um, second half in terms of the wind. I thought it was actually an evenly balanced second half. Um, and I thought that we took the first half. But I also don't think we did enough to, to win the game. Um, you could argue that the first half we should have had a couple of goals. People have said that our XG was only 0 0.61 and we scored, so probably not. Five shots, one on target. They had two shots, one on target. I think that we had the ability to kill. The, if we were clinical, we had the ability. We, we, we created opportunities whereby we should have scored two. And had we scored two, the game is dead. But possession, 65% for them in the first half, 35% for us in, in the first half. So I think that tells a story as well. They really changed it up. They changed their style a little bit. They were very unlike the Forest Green Rovers that we know. And I'd say love. I'd be wrong. Um, in the in the second half. And it worked for them. And maybe that's food for thought for them going forward. I don't really care what happens to them from here on in. I care what happens to us. We've got a point from the game. We're unbeaten in seven. And I don't think that that is particularly a bad outcome, if I'm entirely honest. Um, Jordan Garrick obviously got, came in for some stick. He was the guy that got the levelling goal, uh, gone over and, and, and shushed the away fans. Do you know what? I don't mind that too much. If there's anything that I like about Forest Green other than Duncan Ferguson, it's actually Jordan Garrick and Jamie Robson. That I really like Jamie Robson at Lincoln, uh, and I feel it's a shame that he's gone, especially with Sean Rowan's long-term position. is on the left side of centre-back. Um, I think that Jamie was unfairly identified as a weak spot i think there's got to be more behind his sale hasn't there than um than, than meets the eye whether it's whether it's personality I, I don't know i don't know um but i really liked him i thought he was one of their stronger players in the second period yesterday we tried to target him with the headers on the radio it said that he barely won any stats actually say otherwise um i think he won five of his seven or, or overall or four of his seven overall so um he, yeah, he 
he wasn't as bad in the air as, as perhaps some people may believe. Um, and as for Jordan, do you know what? I, I felt for Jordan because he came here. He looked he looked good in his debut against Forest Green. He got the leveller against Barrow. Then he got injured. He just never got going after that. I think it was really hard for him um, to try and come back into the side. I do wonder whether he might not have been a Mark Kennedy signing. You know, Mark says that we didn't have the players earlier in the season to affect a game. Well, we, we did have Jordan Garrett kicking about the squad um, in and out. When he did come on, he looked relatively ineffective. Uh, but I, he took his goal well yesterday. I think it's the second goal he scored. People say it's inevitable that a former player scores against you as well. But we come up against former players all the time. Joe Morrell didn't score for Portsmouth. Um, against us. Harry Anderson didn't score for, for Bristol Rovers against us. Conor McGrandles didn't score for Cambridge against us. And yeah, and then Jordan Garrick scores and everyone goes, oh, it's always going to be Jordan Garrick. It's one of those football fallacies, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's one of those kind of, you say it's always going to happen and, and eventually it does. And you go, oh, it's always going to happen. Like I, I always say a stopped clock is right twice a, a, a day, isn't it? Or yeah, an Andy Pearson tweet sometimes makes sense. Um, so do you know what I mean? That There's always something you always can be accidentally right can't you anyway ben was at the game and we i asked him uh for this sunday uh for this sunday experiment if he would send a voice note um explaining what he thought of the game and we got this in-depth analysis from my co-host just coming away from forest green rovers now one all Decent first half, lovely finish from Ben House, but I think uh, they came out second half. They looked a bit more up for it. Um, we just didn't. Um, definitely feel like that's two points dropped, but we go on to MK on Tuesday. So thanks for that, Ben. Um, I'm sure everybody feels much more informed now, uh, so we appreciate it. All joking aside, um, it's something that we're, again, we're looking at doing potentially next season. Home games could be myself and Chris having a chat um, in the Ivy Club uh, in rugby after a game. Not an excuse to go for the pub, uh, as Fee says. She thinks that me doing an in the Ivy segment for a potential Sunday podcast, if we have a Tuesday game, um, is uh, is an excuse to go to the pub. Not at all. I can't drink because I'll be driving home. So, you know, joke's on you. Um, so, yeah, we're hoping that we probably might do voice notes for Sunday. We might try and put something extra out. So let us know your thoughts. Right. So we'll talk a little bit about Forest Green on Thursday. It's me and Ben on the full podcast this Thursday. So we will touch on it a little bit. And obviously, Ben will give us a little bit more analysis on his um, on his trip there. Um, but we'll turn our attention forward now. We'll cast our eye forward to the MK Dons game. Um, and that will come after a brief word from our sponsors. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yep, so that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, advert, advert, just to give you an idea as well of where the, the, the advertising revenue. Um, so we get our advertising revenue for January. We get told what that's going to be at the end of February and then that gets paid at the end of March. So for our first full month on TalkSport, I think the, the totals of £47 that we've made. The idea is that we're going to try and put all of that together um, and, and potentially then go and sponsor a player. If we can't make the amount that we need to for sponsor a player, we might look at doing things like uh, a bit of merch. You know, so whether you want a Stacey West hoodie, I don't know. Uh, I suggested that to Fee yesterday in the car and she said, Blue's going to buy one of those, um, which hurt me a little bit. Um, so we might look at doing some merch. I mean, we might look at doing, you know, like jokey T-shirts or just something so that we can get enough money together to sponsor a player. That's the intention. Um, so we'll see. Looking forward. Looking forward to Tuesday, of course, MK Dons. Uh, they lost 1-0 at home to Ipswich yesterday. They are third from bottom. Um, and Stacey West, trialist. We've got him on trial. We're not going to call him trialist A or B. We're going to call him by his name. Trialist Charlie B um, has been talking to Jonathan Harris. And here's what they had to say. So this is Charlie um, here with a match preview for MK Dons. I am joined by Jonathan, an MK fan. Hi, uh, I hope, uh, Charlie, I hope you're all right. I uh, hope everyone's okay. And uh, looking forward to this. All good, Maya. Thanks. So, um, for you guys, obviously, is it 22nd in the league, if I'm not mistaken? Um, down at the bottom in not the greatest of areas. But um, what's it been like for you guys this season? Are you, do you think you're building the foundation to try and become safe or are you still lacking quite a lot? Um, well, I'm glad you said 22nd because I'm sure we were 23rd. But if we're 22nd, I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a, <laughs> as a plus from, from yesterday. But um, given what happened last year given how well we played, given what we had and what we lost over the summer and how we didn't replace it. I didn't think it would be this bad, I have to be honest. I was happy to go mid-table and then build again for next season, but for whatever reason, it's not worked. Uh, poor recruitment in the summer, uh, poor tactically, you could say, in a way, from, from Liam Manning, from the tools that he, he had. Uh, we obviously made the changes before Christmas and um, Mark Jackson's come in. And although performances have improved, results in general still haven't been what we need to, to survive. And uh, I think coming up now, we've got half a dozen massive games where we really need to kick on and uh, get some results if we're looking to survive in the league. Well, as long as you start that after Tuesday night, please. Um, so you, you're on about there with the transfer window. I think from the outside looking in, obviously losing the likes of Twine, Darling, obviously your lone players from last year, you were always going to struggle. Um, but, you know, you brought in players with of a high calibre, the likes of sort of Nathan Holland, Louis Barry, um, even Matt Smith had heard really good things about. So, you know, who, who has been the standouts for you and who's been the most disappointing out of those that have come in? 
Uh, stand out for the ones that have come in, if we're saying from the summer, mm. would probably be Jamie coming again. I didn't think we'd ever get him back, uh, to be honest. He's one of these really young goalkeepers that have got a bright future. Obviously, you've got one in your on your books at the minute as well, Carl Rushworth. Very much so. Uh, um, and it, he's he's actually saved us more than than we've needed. Sort of even yesterday against Ipswich, he pulled off two or three brilliant saves to keep the score down and keep it keep it respectable. Um, if we're going from the Mark Jackson era, then I'm been hugely impressed with uh, Jonathan Lecco and. Uh, Sully Kai Kai, they seem to have brought an energy and an enthusiasm to our um, front line. Um, always willing to take men on, which was something Louis Barry never, ever did. Um, and he was hugely disappointing. He's obviously gone to Salford, I think, in, in League Two for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Holland, being a bit injury prone, so he hasn't really had a run in the team. Um Chuck has been a bit disappointing, I'd say. Um, I had really high hopes for him. For him, um, apparently a few of the big teams in League One were chasing him, and for us to get him, I thought was a real coup. But I think he struggled with the style of play we have compared to Gillingham. No disrespect to to them. Um, I think he's making double the amount of um, passes along the ground he was he is here than he was at Gillingham. So it there, there's signs of it. Been a good side, but it's it's still not still not great to be honest. Well, I think this is it because, like I say, from the outside looking in, although you lost a lot of big players, it seemed like you recruited not terribly in terms of names. But you know, we we know just as much as anybody if that doesn't come to fruition and they don't play like that on the pitch, then unfortunately the name doesn't really mean anything. Um, so obviously we last played a month and a half ago. Um, What's your form kind of been like since then? Should we be more worried now, less worried? I, I would assume less worried considering. But um, I probably say I probably say less worried to be honest. Mm. Um, I think after we played you, we went to Forest Green and and won at Forest Green, and we think we thought right, this is a this is a uh, this is a springboard, and we can use this going forward. Uh, we then went to Bristol Rovers and they dropped that infamous tweet about the uh, about delaying kickoff and we ended I up. Did have a little chuckle to myself at that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really sort of enjoyed that that win over Joey Barton. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's quite a few. Well, we we know that we know that feeling for sure. <laughs> um, but we have had a, a tough run of fixtures. The last three fixtures we've had uh, Bolton and Sheffield Wednesday away. Uh, obviously got beat 5-0 by Bolton, defensively shambolic from corners, giving Ricardo Santos the freedom of Greater Manchester every single corner pretty much. Um, then we went to Sheffield Wednesday, scored an absolute cracker through Lecco after three minutes. They got it back through Josh Windass, surprise, surprise. Um, we then went 2-1 up into half-time and you were thinking, can we hold on? Can we hold on? But obviously the run Sheffield Wednesday are on at the minute and the fact that they could bring on players like Lee Gregory and it changed the game and we lost that. And then yesterday against Ips, which was a much more improved, committed um, performance. And as as we said uh, before we recorded, that one of those five shots goes in in the first half. In that mad period, it could have been a different story. But 
yeah. Ipswich were clinical, took their chance and uh, went with the win. Although their fans afterwards, you would think they've won the League One title the way they were celebrating. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't holding that much hope the last three fixtures. And uh, I just think the next five or six are critical to the way we uh, end the season. So, what about what about January transfer window then? You know, are you are you still? I'm not saying you were before, but are you lacking in numbers? Do you feel like you filled the positions that needed to be filled? You know, are you are you struggling in terms of depth? Is that the issue, or is it just simply the quality of players at the minute? Um, I think it's a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, we um, we lost Warren O'Hara. I think it was the Lincoln game. We lost Warren O'Hara to a season-ending injury. Um, I think he he landed funny. Uh, making an aerial challenge and uh, he ended up having to have an operation. So then they, the club came out and said, right, we're, all we're looking for is a is a centre-back to, to cover. Um, then Dean Lewington's obviously got injured, which is rare for Dean Lewington because he, he's like part of the furniture for MK Dons and he rarely misses a period. And then uh, we signed Anthony Stewart on deadline day. We all think, right, great, someone with experience, someone who can maybe guide Jack Tucker or Zach Jules and sort of give them the experience they need alongside. First training session, picks up an injury. Don't know how long he's out for. Um, They haven't gone into the free agent market, which makes me think that both, well, either Stuart or Lewington are fairly close, if not nearly ready. Um, And then Daniel Harvey picked up an injury at left-back in training this week. So... Defensively, we're really, really on bare bones. Um, but up top, I think we've got a vast array of options. As I've said, I'm really impressed with the front three of Isa, um, Kai Kai and Leko. Um, they're explosive. They don't mind taking players on. Um, Mo's been guilty of missing some guilt edge chances in, in games. Um, I think the Shrewsbury home game when it was 0-0, Exeter home game when it was 0-0. The Oxford home game, when it was 1-0 uh, n- uh, to us as well, he missed a glorious chance. I remember and... seeing the Oxford one and just, you know, it was it was there the sort of goals that you need to be scoring when you're, when you're down there, isn't it? Absolutely. Nine times out of ten when Mo's one-on-one, he's one of those League One strikers. You can maybe just turn away as a fan and say, yep, it's going to go in the back of the net. And that's not that's not arrogance. That's, that's just the fact that Mo's been there and done it at this level. Um, and... As you say, when you're down that end of the end of the table, things like that really don't go for you. So, um, has January been a, a good one? I'd probably err on the side of probably not given given the injuries in defence, but Jackson certainly improved the style going forward for us. Well, you know that is good from sort of our point of view because. Our issue hasn't been defensively. You know, we don't really concede that many, but we struggle to score. So knowing that you maybe have a slightly leakier defence is obviously something that we're we're hopefully going to take advantage of on Tuesday, but time will tell on that one. Um, so from your kind of point of view, looking into Lincoln, who do you worry about facing? You know, who, who do you think for us is somebody that's going to be spoken about at seven o'clock on Tuesday night around your fans of, oh God, he's playing? Um, I mean, if, if anyone, you know, at, yeah, if we're looking at former players that we've had, obviously Regan Pulls the, the standout mm. one. He was a defender that we um that we had under Russell Martin. 
And he never got the credit he deserved because he was so versatile. He could play right wing back. He could play centre back. He played yeah. left wing back at times. And he always gave everything and was a like a proper leader. Um, obviously, you've got Joe Walsh. I'm not sure whether he's going to be there fit or not for, for Tuesday. I'm not Probably sure whether he's... Not now. Yeah, he was a lot bit injury prone at MK Dons as well. And yeah. uh, yeah. I have been watching last Sorensen because it didn't really happen for it, him at um, MK Dons. And uh, he seems to have found at least a position in, in the team where, where Kennedy seems to trust him. Um, I do like... Matty Virtue, I rate him. Um, again, I think he's injured as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Potentially back so he, he was one that I would uh, I would have been watching. And yeah. I think if I think your front two, whoever plays with uh, Plange and uh, Ben House, whoever starts could could get some success. Um, I I didn't know much about Ben House before you signed him uh, because obviously you signed him from non-league, but. He seems to just pop up with vital goals at, at crucial times this season. And for a team like Lincoln, no disrespect, when you've got a striker that you can depend on to, to get a goal or to make something happen, then uh, then you're always going to have a successful season. Um, obviously, Jack Diamond's had a had a pretty good season by his standards. And uh, yeah, that, they would probably be the, the people that I, I'd yeah. watch is probably, probably those. Well, this is it. I think, you know, for somebody like Ben House, he we did get him from non-league and most of our fans wouldn't have heard of him either. But, you know, we, we've heard of him now. He, he just, he's consistently good. He's somebody who you can always rely on in that front line, which is obviously brilliant for a club like us. Um, so, in terms of kind of shape, how, how are you guys going to be lining up on Tuesday? Is there going to be many kind of big changes or...? Um... We normally go with a four-three-three under under Mark Jackson. I would I would say the back five pick itself due to injury. So you're probably looking yeah. at coming in goal, Watson on uh, tonight. Watson on the right hand side, possibly Henry Lawrence. There's possibility Daniel Harvey might be back, but I'd probably err on the side of Lawrence on the left hand side. Um, he is predominantly right-footed, so that could be another weakness that Lincoln could exploit. Um, then you've got Jules and Tucker at centre-back. When we've got three games in the week, Jackson likes to um, change the midfield around a bit. So you might get Bradley Johnson come in to replace like a, a Dawson Devoy um, or Paris Magoma. Um, Josh McEachern is our captain at the minute, so I'd expect him to play. He's, uh, he's actually stepped up since getting the captaincy. He's been playing really well. Uh, someone that can dictate play if given uh, the opportunity. And then the front three just, just picks itself. I mean, Nathan Holland is coming back from injury, so I suppose that there is opportunity to change it. But he seems to want to stick with this front three. Um, so there might be minimal changes. Um, Ethan Robson's back fit, so he could be another option in midfield. Um, and then you've got players that can't even get in the squad at the minute, like Connor Grant and uh, new recruit from Leeds, Max Dean, who's really impressed with his uh, enthusiasm and uh, re really sort of just putting himself about, really. Well, yeah, he got that um, really nice goal the other week, actually, didn't he, Max Dean, I remember seeing. Um, so, you know, it's if, if hopefully you are going to be going for that kind of starting front three, then 
hopefully we won't then have to face Max Dean. Um, so, you know, finally, the big one, score prediction. Are you going to be the uh, team to end our unbeaten home run? It wouldn't surprise me to lose it to a team in the relegation zone, but, um, you know, hopefully not. I would take... I take a point. I know that's not going to sound good for Lincoln fans because I think you've had quite a few draws at home, even though you're unbeaten. And uh, just, I just think in the situation we're in at the minute, um, going to Central Bank on a Tuesday night, um, take the point, move on to Saturday, and I can see it maybe being a one-one. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet, but it depends whether we're clinical with any of your chances. We create. Um, I'm hoping to be there on Tuesday. Actually, depends on whether my uh, my transport comes comes through or not. But um, I'll, if I do go, I'm I'm looking forward to it. my second visit there, and it will hopefully banish the memories of the League Two visit where you won in the <laughs> last minutes. I think the uh, I distinctly remember the air raid siren going off just as you scored. That seems to be a distinct distinct memory. So I'm just hoping to get that a distinct out of my, nightmare uh, for you. <laughs> Yes, no, it'll, um, it, you know, it should be really good, I think, for, for us. Obviously, we are hoping for a win, but I wouldn't be too surprised at a draw. But, um, yeah, you know, good, good luck to yourselves on Tuesday. Not too much luck, but um, hopefully you can kickstart your end-of-season run after, um, after Tuesday. So, thank you very much, Jonathan. You're very welcome, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season after Tuesday. And uh, I, I'm really sort of, from an outside, I'm really impressed in what Mark Kennedy's managed to to achieve with you this season so uh, I think it's one of these that's going to go under the radar sort of jobs for the season hopefully perfect thank you very much okay thank you great thank you Charlie thank you John and John's a, a, a great guy look I uh, I make no secret of the fact that I'm not a particular particularly fond of MK Don's um, but the people that support MK Dons now are a generation where their football club has kind of always existed to them. Do you know what I mean? It's been 20 years or whatever, and, and, and you're talking to people that were young. The implications of it are probably less damaging. And I think that there is, there are two sides to the MK Dons story um, and, and the Wimbledon and how Wimbledon were going. I mean, bear in mind, I think there was talk of trying to move uh, Wimbledon to Milton Keynes you know, many, many years. If you look at Ron Nodes, I think in Ron Nodes' autobiography, he talked about doing it many, many years before Winkleman did it. So, um, and and whilst I don't particularly like MK Dons, I'm like, wow, isn't it? Forest Green MK Dons in one podcast. I, I can't think who I, I, I dislike uh, two teams particularly that I dislike less, but I do like John and I do have a huge amount of respect um, for him, for his analysis. And, and you know, people who follow their local football club. And if you live in Milton Keynes and you support in Milton Keynes Dons rather than Manchester United or Arsenal, you support in your local football club. So should we really be um, celebrating that? Possibly, possibly not. I think every year, every passing year, probably um, the uh, the dislike is watered down a little bit. And whilst they'll always get called Franchise FC and there'll always be levels of um, banter that, that you know, probably goes beyond that, you know, over over a long period of time now they have established themselves as a team in their own right um they will still undeniably get stick uh for for the way that they came into being in exactly the same way that Grimsby will always get stick um for being on the coast and smelling a fish or you know whatever um Forest Green always gets stick for basically pissing on their own pitch I didn't realize that 
Um, Alan Long apparently was delighted on Saturday because he's essentially um, urinated on the forest green pitch because they use piss as fertiliser, which just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Although it does now give me an excuse when I'm in the bar, rather than having to come out of my bar in my garden and into the house, I can just wait on these plants and say, well, there you go, fertiliser. No. So there we go. Right. So look, it's a really quick Sunday. It isn't a full podcast. I get it. It is just me at the moment. We might look at shaking that up as well. I'm just really interested to know what you think, um, whether there's value in a Sunday podcast. Well, what would you like to see? A little bit more stats. Would you Would you like to just see a preview and then me and uh, or, or any combination of us chatting about a, a game coming up? I don't know. I don't know. There might not even be a, a scope for it. It was really just an opportunity to get Charlie doing his um, his interview with John and, and and give him a little bit of a trial ahead of potentially potentially adding him to the Stacey West podcast team. Um, so I think that's all the news for now. Uh, as usual, like, subscribe, whatever else it is that Ben tells you to do that I always forget because I'm crap at self-promotion. Um, but failing that, we will catch you all at Sinsel Bank on Tuesday night and Ben and I will be recording um, on Thursday for Friday morning. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.